getting more student and organizations involved with using it. So with all the, the free flights and there's so much opportunity there, you know, they're trying to fundraise. So it would be a good way for them to when they have events that they don't want to take cash, you know, then they can use Cajun Cash or even if it was for within the sorority or, or fraternity. So it's just kind of getting the word out and, and expanding to let all of them know that there might be a solution to an existing problem that they have. Welcome to Focus a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. Today, I caught up with Carrie Boti, Director of Cajun Card Services at University of Louisiana at Lafayette. We chatted about all the ways they use the Cajun Card on campus and the surrounding community. Hello, Carrie. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, it's really good to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about the Cajun card at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. But first, can you tell us a little bit about you and your experience with the card office? So I uh, am fairly new to the card office. I started working here at the university four years ago, four and a half years ago. And before that, I I didn't have any experience in like higher education or card offices because my background was in project management. Okay. I worked for uh, General Electric, but, you know, a lot of that kind of has helped in its similar processes and right. just overall using some of my experience in that way uh, to work in the office. But um, it's been very interesting and new experience. And I really enjoy working with it at the university and, you know, with the students and trying to provide that service. It's, it's been very interesting. I bet I can see a lot of things transferring from project management to getting everything in line with the card office and all the different pieces and parts of people coming in. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Well, can you also expand a little bit about the University of Louisiana at Lafayette? So we are a public university located in Lafayette, Louisiana, which is uh, in the southern part of the state. Mm -hmm. And we have 80 majors, 30 graduate programs and uh, roughly 19,000 students enrolled here. And of that, uh, 2,500 are graduate students. And we did see, you know, say like a little bit of a drop when the pandemic hit a couple of years ago. But one of the things we noticed this past or this fall of 2022 is our, it was our largest freshman class. And so we're back to um, pre-pandemic levels, which is a a great thing to see. And it's uh, full of campuses full. So that's great. Um, And the other thing I'd like to note about our university, we just achieved this this year, which we have a Carnegie R1 designation now, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, so out of 3,900 universities, only about 3% obtain R1. And so that's, it's a, we're basically a key research university in the country. So we, we've met benchmarks in externally funded research, the number of doctoral degrees that are given each year, and the amount of research staff that we have employed here. So it's, it's a big deal for us. And we're excited about it, about, you know, the school growing and then economic opportunities new students coming because they want to be part of that research. So it's, yeah. it's really exciting. That is a big deal and super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, well, and obviously with all those students and being back to normal, the card office is probably really hopping. So <laughs> let's dive That's in true. on that. And and I know you have a you know robust campus card, also known as the Cajun card. And so we want to now you know share some of that knowledge that you have. And so can you maybe give us a little bit of insight on how the Cajun card is being used across your campus currently? Sure. So uh, currently, you know, a brand new student would come in and they'll get during orientation, they'll get their picture taken and they'll get their brand new card. So it's their welcome to campus. Here's your student ID. And they'll use that for um, parking access or dorm access, how to when they use it for meals in the cafeteria or at other in the library, um, parking permits um, and then athletic events going to get into the games for free, things like that. So it's essentially their past and how they use it. And then like in the, in the classroom, teachers will, for exams, usually they'll need to present it to prove that, that they are who they are. Okay. So it's essentially the, the one card that they'll use all over campus for essentially everything. Wow. So yeah, that's quite a bit. It sounds like that it's really their, their whole campus experience there. And so are you managing all of those different programs with the card at your office? Uh, no, we're essentially kind of like the core, so or like the hub. Okay. We we connect with each of those other areas on campus, so we have relationships and um, integrations, basically, with say parking and to whatever software they have, or or we'll take a download from ours and it'll dump into theirs, and the same with housing and the software that housing uses, so that the required access or um, entrances to the dorms are in there for the students, and we work with dining services and um, putting in all of the meals on the account. So we each one of those we independently work with, but okay. it all kind of connects to the center, which is us, so that each of those will essentially work. But it's through the one the the same card. So. Yeah, I like that. I like that you really describe yourselves as that hub because really you are. You're really that central place where all the other kind of ancillary services all, you know, really kind of funnel up into you. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Well, um, it's interesting. I heard you talk about access and the management there. And I know we talked before, I think that you have IT security that kind of leads access control, but it still funnels up to you. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Yeah, and it was relatively recent after I came on board that that was so in like 2018, mm-hmm. where it was in its infancy that they were changing how access was done. It was about six months after I started. It was they decided that you know let's centralize this. Okay. It's it, it's more secure, and it's all going through one office as opposed to we previously put the access on in ours, but we would need to confirm with. Um, individuals, we would need to confirm with their supervisor or with mm-hmm. um, a professor or just the head of a department, et cetera, on does this person need access? And so there was kind of a little chaotic and that there wasn't that much control with it. So I too said, let's pull back and let all of that flow through us. We'll manage the access and we'll put it on. And then it, what we'll see is it, in our system, we can pull it up. And once the access is there, we can we can see that it is there. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, obviously, they're the ones securing <laughs> the space and making sure who has the right rights and access. So then does that department then also have access to, like, like the back end of one card and, and manage it from there? 
Yes. So certain things on, on the back end. And so when it comes to, and we'll say the, on the reverse of that, as for removing access, we had, we recently set up a process. They worked on that as the lead, but for when people leave or depart the school, that as far as going through all of the steps to um, where access is what being one of them to get taken off. So we don't, when say someone retires or they leave, they'll come by and give us say paperwork, but the actual access is now part of an automated process to be removed once their paperwork is done and they're officially no longer here. It's like, boom, boom, boom. It, it all gets taken care of on the back end. Yeah. I say that makes a lot of sense and trying to, yeah, try to manage that without having some automation would be really challenging. <laughs> yes, it is. I bet. Now, what about, because I know that's probably, you know, the process is all in place for, you know, your students, you know, your faculty and staff, but a lot of times there's special situations that has like temporary access. Do you want to talk a little bit about how they manage that for temporary access? So temporary access was done the same as normal access. We would just, so they email the IT department with their requests with including their supervisor or whoever the owner of the specific area that they need access to. And that's then granted, the person putting in the request will get an email in return saying that their request has been completed. And then they would come and if they need an actual card, they would come to our office. If they don't, then it's just, it's done and it's on the card that they already have. Um, and there would be a, a period of time that's associated with that access and then it's then removed after that date. Okay. Um, now, for special situations, say like if it was temporary um, after hours and they needed it uh, last minute, we don't really have anything that's monitored 24-7 right now okay. from an IT perspective. So if they needed access, then they would have to just go to either their supervisor or someone or like university police would then be able to give them if it was a justified, whatever the scenario might be, mm -hmm. um, once they confirmed that it was okay and then probably would escort them to whatever. And now, and the other thing that temporary solution would be housing has already printed um, temporary cards for okay. housing, it just say housing visitor, and they keep them say at their front desk or with their RAs. So they can be given to some, like a, a student that may lose their ID over the weekend and they need one where our office is closed. They can use those temporary cards to access their dorm and then say Monday, they'll come and they'll get a replacement. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and also, I think um, there's some other situations of maybe temporary being just a short time period. I know that maybe during game days, it's kind of you have some extra people on campus. Right. Well, and we had something like we, that's happened a couple of times where, say, uh, it may be a change of whoever was working the game that day from the bookstore and they needed access to the loading dock so that they could either return their, when they're returning, like our porter of the trailer or the truck that's got the gear that's sold outside the stadium. So they need access to the dock but didn't have it because maybe they weren't supposed to be working that day or vice versa. And it's temporary because specific with the loading dock, only certain people are allowed that. So right. that's been something where we might have to grant that on a Saturday. But again, we do, it's monitored a little more when we know there's events that are happening. Well, and again, that kind of goes full circle back to why it makes sense that IT and security is who's really managing it from the front end. <laughs> 
Well, and they're also maintaining their records, and they they were by one person being able to to do that, then you can streamline the process because you can control it, and then you develop your own process as far as you know record keeping mm-hmm. and all of those things, and just to get even better with it, as opposed to having to manage multiple people doing it all different ways. For sure. So I know the other, you know, big function that we talked about earlier, too, um, and obviously with most campus cards is the dining side. And so can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, managing dining through the Cajun card and what's working well with that? So with uh, dining, they'll, with meal plans, they'll, they contact us. There's a, one of the managers who goes to our office every semester and with They'll have a list of the students with meal plans that need to be added. We have someone in our office that does that. And then if there's any changes within the first couple of weeks, typically, and we'll finalize that. So as far as, but so we'll add the meal plans for dining services. And then if, you know, we're kind of like their tech support, if they have any issues with their POSs or, and we also send them reports every week for the transactions that are happening in the cafeteria so they can do their own internal reporting. We use Sodexo as who is our our client on campus as signing services. And we've recently, you know, so they've expanded last year, they went and they added some other services so they could use it on the, at the field um, for football games, concessions. And then we've, we've also leased an OTC to them because they contracted with a food truck on cam- that came oh. onto campus and, and there wasn't really a resource for them to be able to take. So they were then used at OTC to take Cajun cash, oh, a food truck. And most recently we're working with TouchNet to integrate every day or bite as some people refer to it for online ordering for students with Sodexo and, and like the cafeteria. Okay, that's great. Yeah, the food truck, I hadn't thought about that, but you have to be able to take a payment, don't you? <laughs> well, and the OTC is going to be wireless, so it really does come in handy. That is great. Wonderful. Well, I know a lot of times, can you, as they think about using the Cajun cash um, and the declining balances, so maybe talk a little bit about how you guys uh, handle the declining balance services. So the declining balances, it's on the card as well as, so everything's there financially for them on the same card. So when they go into, say, the one of the dining locations and they may have, maybe they have both, they have their meals, they have declining balance, and then they also have Cajun cash. Uh-huh, so okay. when they take the card at the register and they run the transaction, the first thing would be meal. Then it goes to declining balance. And if there is no declining balance, then, you know, they'll say, well, I've got Cajun cash. So it kind of, it's already programmed in there to do meals first priority. Second would be declining balance. And then if they have Cajun cash, you know, it, they would they they do have to tell the person at the register that it's Cajun cash and not okay. the other two. Um, so we work with them in that aspect, but with and they can check their balances with us even if we don't take payments for declining balance in our office. That's done online or with food services upstairs. Right. But they can check their balance through our website for all of the those financial accounts. So declining balance, meals, and Cajun cash on the Cajun card website. Okay, that's great. And then we've got some other vendors on campus that are not part of different food locations and then the bookstore that take Cajun cash so that they can, if they don't want to eat inside the cast, then they can go to other locations on campus that take Cajun cash as well. So, and then we just get a percentage of the, um, a a small, it's basically like for credit card, a percentage transaction for anything that's done Cajun cash at those. Oh, that's great. 
Yeah. So it's probably really beneficial <laughs> to get other departments and campus services wanting to accept the Cajun cash, right? Yes. It, and it can be helpful to them as well, because so we have right now we've got um, one of our departments that has a 3D lab, a 3D print lab. They came to us wanting a way for students to get reimbursed for the cost of the materials oh, that they were okay. using in the lab. Yeah. And because they don't really have a, a departmental budget that can, you know, that's handling funds, we said we offered them a card reader or to be able to get set up to take Cajun cash. So now what they do is when students come in and they need material to print a project, they'll, they have a system on their own it's by weight or by amount, but to calculate how much it costs, they swipe this, you know, they put in the student's Cajun card number and then the Cajun cash is it's done that way in their department. So that was a, a solution for them that wasn't available before. Well, I bet that probably makes a lot of sense, too. Like, nobody wants to handle cash, physical cash anymore, right? <laughs> right. And it, it just, it's risky. And then you open yourself up to audits and then the financial the department. Right. You know, you've got all these requirements and uh, that you have to follow. So we've got some, so like our library, they don't handle cash at all. And they're set up to take Cajun cash for overdue fines or different things like that. And they're already set up to check out books using the the campus ID. Right. So the same card is used for paying any kind of library funds and that allows them to take those payments, but they don't have to handle any kind of cash. Wow. So. Yeah. No, I can see that being a huge benefit on that. So I bet that as people get word, which usually happens across a campus of like, ooh, maybe new teachers or departments, they want to set up to accept Cajun cash. What do they do to, to be able to do that? They will just contact us and then and say what it is that they're trying to do because sometimes it's different. So one may want to be able to check in. For example, recently a teacher was asking about how to know who was using the the lab. They just wanted it was more of a check in type thing. Okay. And so that was one, and and we can offer a solution for that with the, within the software that allows for check in feature. So. And then another may want, say, something that's more financially related. So it's, how do I do this? But So we'll step through what it is that they need, and then I'll list off maybe some solutions that we could offer them. They'll pick if one of them fits. And if it involves setting up any kind of equipment, like an OTC, we'll go over to them and get them set up. Um, we were doing virtual terminals at one time, and we would go and set up just on the computer get them ready so that they could do it and show them, walk them through the process. And then if there's any billing associated with it, then each month we just do that interdepartmentally. Okay. And we go from there. Yeah. Seems pretty simple for the departments to do that. <laughs> Most of the time it's just that they don't know. And right. so I have found that in the more that conversations with different people and making them aware, we've gotten more requests um, for maybe something that could help them that they don't have or that they're not, they don't want to have to buy a software all on their own or, right. you know, if that's the only, so we've had a couple more requests recently than we had in the past. So I'm, I'm hoping that word of mouth and, and, you know, maybe some other exposure is getting out there to, that we can help them. Oh, I bet it is for sure. And so that kind of takes care of the departments on campus, but I know you talked earlier about being integrated with several of the campus vendors and, and some of the services. So can you talk a little bit about kind of beyond access and dining, um, what else you're servicing? So we, like we, uh, with Rec Sports, mm -hmm. we, are the, that 
building is kind of it's it's on campus technically, but it's further away. And so, uh, but they have their own software that is used uh, for fusion. And so we've integrated with them, and they'll okay. pull in pictures from our side and the relevant student information so that they know who needs to have. So when the student goes over there with their card and presents it, then it will accept or decline based on whatever their uh, current activity or their access level is for being an active student or not an active student, or even with um, say like online students may or may not have access to the rec sports if they haven't paid the extra level. So there's different, um, levels to who, who needs to have access and then visitors that need access. So right. dorms, of course, star, they use star res. So okay. for housing, they, that's integrated with us. And then if there's, and then the dash out thing for event venues that are all at athletic events or just any other event that is associated with the university. Well, recently we have a new one that we're talking about for the museum. Okay. And where the, they're working on getting students admission to our art museum that's on essentially on campus and that they would be able to use an OTC and use the check-in feature as well to allow them to get access just like any kind of other event. Wow. Well, you know, it really does sound like the Cajun Card office is the hub for some really great connected services and you keep thinking of new ones all the time. So kind of like coming back to your team, you know, how has it been managing the campus ID services over the past couple of years since there's been a lot of ebb and flow, let's say? Yeah, the last couple of years was interesting (laughs) in that and it it worked out. We had some, a case of, I guess, a little bit of perfect timing in that right before we were told that we had to go home essentially in March of 2020, mm-hmm. we were, we had been working on for about six months, getting my photo um, integrated with the card. And so as a way for students to upload their pictures for their Cajun card, and it was just went live right before that. So it all happened at the same wow. time, which became super convenient. And yes. like I said, perfect timing to where, when we were still, they were still doing classes and even when we came back so that there was a way for students to upload their photo. And then some of them, we were mailing out cards and then when they returned to campus, but we, they weren't taking large groups or orientation had to go down to a very reduced number of attendance. That's where it really helped is that when we came back in person, but very reduced in crowds and the sizes that could gather, uh, it was about 60, 75% usage for my photo at that time because the they were only allowed some like smaller groups. And then when it came to standing in a line, that's where it became an issue. Okay. So it avoided them having to come to our office at all. So it's more than paid it for itself in the in just that that we've had in the last couple of years. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And like you said, the perfect time you'd like to take a little credit of saying, hey, I was prepared, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, I would love to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, kind of, you know, talking about thinking ahead, let's say, um, what opportunities do you see for the future? So kind of like what's your magic wand vision? I mean, my in my ideal world, I would love for us to go with a mobile ID. Mm-hmm. And I, I've looked at it. I've talked with our sales uh, contact with, about it multiple times. I, I like it. I mean, everything's kind of going that way anyway. Right. I use my own phone for things like that all the time, sure. the digital wallet. And so I would love for students that they all have phones. And right. so now for them to be able to have the mobile ID on there as well, that's what I'd love to have. Um, so at this point, it's just about 
assessing the cost and putting that project together and and finding the budget for it. And so that we can, because it would involve replacing like panels for access as well that are matching that level of technology. So, but I mean, it's not, it's definitely on the list of things that we're going to be working on. And then the other thing would be just getting more um, student organizations involved right. with using it. So with all the, the Greek life and there's so much opportunity there for them to even, you know, they're trying to fundraise generally with their organizations. So um, with their philanthropy, so it would be a good way for them to, when they have events, if they don't want to take cash, you know, then they can use Cajun cash or even if it was for within the sorority or, or fraternity attendance at an event is required because they have to monitor how many things that they go to, right. they could use, you know, the check-in or the attendance type features and some of these things. So it's just kind of getting the word out and, and expanding to let all of them know that there might be a solution to an existing problem that they have right. and that um, to make things easier, essentially, is what I'd like to do. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And as you said, I think the check-in functionality is going to become, you know, more and more what people are asking for. Because, you know, we hear a lot about wanting to really understand the engagement. What is a student doing on campus? Or what are what is everybody doing? So you can help to monitor that data and, and understand where you need services or where you need to staff better and differently. So because um, as you do check-in and you get that engagement, that leads to capturing data. So um, that's kind of been a recurring theme we've been talking about here uh, with some other folks on the podcast. So how do you see your office being able to help with this kind of getting engagement data across the campus? And it's something that, so when I initially started where the goal was for um, using my process improvement, project management type skills to kind of go through and look and see what is the student's journey from start to finish when they first register to, you know, I'd say ideally graduation, but even on a smaller scale, just registration through um, that semester or, or, and that getting every, at every step there's data. And so kind of taking it and working with the different departments to kind of see what pieces are being gathered, what data is going in, what could be useful, what could maybe be improved, and then what can we use that for? Okay. So if we, like you said, it's kind of like, where are they going? What are they doing on campus? What would they, Mm -hmm. what do they want? What are they spending their money on? What are they spending their time on? And, or, and what maybe, and you work with other organizations and like SGA, maybe if they're being vocal about, what isn't available, and if it was, what would that look like? So, right. um, you know, and then recently, let's say using some of the data and then kind of streamlining their journey, we recently worked with uh, a project with the registrar's office. They they started one on preferred names. And okay. so there, it, it just recently kicked off um, about a month ago. And so now with in working with them, our office and IT, and then we, they've even recently pulled an orientation in that a process developed for a student to have that preferred name and how they go about changing it, how it's changed in, in our in banner, and then what that looks like to populate onto the card in our office with then the legal name being on the back and things like that. So that's a recent one, but it's an example of taking data and how you can right. use it and work it into um, for the students and for their, you know, experience. Absolutely. And then just going across all your systems and (laughs) trying to get it a little bit more unified. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have any additional advice to other directors of card offices on how to maximize the services connected to their campus cards? 
I thought about this one and since we, when we first initially talked and I think that one making it convenient, it's like anything that you, you have to solve a problem. And so if you find gaps and holes where or people have, they have a problem and you can find a solution. It That's one of the things where it's kind of what I kind of look for, but also in that everything is actually integrated. So everybody, right. you can be connected in services in a way, or you can maybe, we can all offer it on the surface, but how it's all connected isn't as integrated as it could be. And it ends up making it difficult to manage. So I would just say uh, in that aspect, working with all of them in that from a technical standpoint, it's all fully integrated and they work and that it's maximized with each other in, in the most efficient way. Yeah, hundred percent. Integration is always key. <laughs> Yes. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into how ULL is working to maximize the Cajun card. You know, I think it's always so valuable for colleges and universities to really learn from each other. It's been such a pleasure talking with you, and I look forward to catching up with you in the future. Thank you so much, Heather. This has been fun. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.